All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guys, quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Ben Greenfield, I'm the Get Fit Guy, and in today's episode, you're going to discover how to customize your diet. Diets suck which is probably why I've never written a diet book and also why I think most diet books are silly marketing ploys. Why? Well, most diets involve a one-size-fits-all approach that paints an entire population with a broad nutritional brush without taking into consideration genetic individuality, personal health history, nutrient, vitamin, and mineral holes that need to be addressed, etc. Take the currently popular ketogenic diet, for example. This very high-fat, very low-carb diet is championed by exercise enthusiasts as the perfect way to lose weight, enhance cognition, increase endurance, and beyond. And it does indeed work for these goals. Now, for enhanced endurance, I personally followed a strict ketogenic diet for years while racing Ironman triathlon, and I wrote a whole story on it. I'll occasionally use ketogenic diets or ketosis as a brain-boosting strategy on mentally difficult days. In the show notes for this podcast, if you go to quickanddirtytips.com and look for this episode, episode number 341, I'll put links to stories that I've written in detail of my own experience with both of those efforts. But when reviewing the blood work and biomarkers on the lab tests of my clients and people for which I do health and nutrition consults, notably people who are following one of these ketogenic diets, I've witnessed concerningly high levels of LDL cholesterol skyrocketing over 400, along with high triglycerides which can be a risk factor for heart disease and serious liver issues and high inflammation. So how could this be? Well, basically, there's a condition called, brace yourself, familial hypercholesteremia. And that affects up to 10% of people worldwide. People with this condition tend to experience a metabolic firestorm in response to a high-fat diet because cholesterol and inflammatory markers increase dramatically in response to foods like coconut oil and grass-fed butter and fatty fish and meats and eggs and things that many people on a high-fat diet eat. Now, as my friend and a former podcast guest over at bengreenfieldfitness.com, Chris Masterjohn has written and podcasted about the best way to get to the root of the problem for this particular condition is to take the one gene for the LDL receptor responsible for contributing to this condition and try to bring it up to the expression level that would be found in someone without that gene. How's that done? Well, from a scientific standpoint, it can be accomplished by maximizing biological activity of thyroid hormone by maximally suppressing the activity of a gene called PCSK9, which is done by increasing insulin signaling. In brief, from a dietary management standpoint, and much to the chagrin of many ketogenic zealots, this all comes down to eating a low-fat, fiber-rich, high-carb diet and replacing saturated fats with polyunsaturated fats, using a diet very similar to an ancestral Katavan Islander-type diet rich in fiber-dense carbohydrates like coconut meat and starchy tubers and fresh fruits. 
Well, another example of the same dietary advice not being good for everyone, and one big reason why, despite the prevalence of diet books, we've failed so miserably at controlling the obesity epidemic, is the wild variation in blood sugar response that can occur when subjects in controlled dietary studies eat foods like cookies, bananas, sushi, and whole grain bread. The latest research on this newly observed phenomenon suggests that each person's capacity to extract energy from foods differs dramatically because the interactions among one's genes, microbiome, diet, environment, and lifestyle are so infinitely complex. And this also suggests that common measurements of the sugar content of foods, like the glycemic index, might be relatively useless when compared to looking at individualized blood sugar responses to foods. For example, one recent study funded by the European Union, called the Food For Me Study, investigated 1,500 participants who were randomly given personalized dietary advice based on their genetic data, or instead told to follow standardized dietary prescriptions like eating lots of fruits and vegetables, lean meats, and whole grains. Well, those who were in the personalized diet cohort fared far better than those in the one-size-fits-all diet group, making the researchers pretty confident that personalized diets are the way forward. Coffee is another perfect example of the need for dietary individuality. Current guidelines advise no more than four or five cups of coffee per day. And sure, this is fine for roughly half the population that are genetically called fast caffeine metabolizers. But for the other half who have a variant of a gene called CYP1A2, any more than two cups of coffee per day increases the risk of heart attack and hypertension. Scientists are slowly beginning to tease out all these connections and have now linked at least 38 different genes to nutrient metabolism. Variants of these genes are thought to help or hinder absorption or the efficient use of nutrients in foods, which means that depending on your genetic makeup, microbiota, health history, and environment, you should consume more or less folate, choline, vitamin C, fatty acids, starches, and caffeine. A host of such genes exist. Now, as is obvious from the failures of a high-fat diet to individual blood sugar responses to carbohydrates to genetic variations in the need for major vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, the need for dietary customization is enormous. And in my opinion, one of the best ways to cut through this confusion is to test your body so that you can truly customize your diet. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. 
So when it comes to testing your body, what do I recommend? Well, I'll put details about all of these lab tests in the show notes. Just go to Quick and Dirty Tips and look for this episode, episode number 341. But first, I recommend a blood test that helps you determine holes in the diet that need to be filled from a supplement or a food standpoint, like vitamin D and blood sugar response to certain foods, mineral status, thyroid, cholesterol, red blood cell, white blood cell, vitamin B, acidity, alkalinity, and beyond. Some of these blood tests can even be used to determine food allergies and intolerances, like Cyrex. And most food allergy tests are notoriously inaccurate, but some are not. I'll put links to some of my favorites in the show notes over at quickanddirtytips.com. Look for this episode, episode number 341. Stool testing, because your blood can't necessarily tell you what's going on in your gut, but a stool panel allows you to determine presence or absence of certain types of bacteria, yeast, fungus, parasites, and digestive inflammation, all of which can be used to determine the need for certain probiotics, cleansing compounds, or the need to or non-need to avoid fermentable substances like simple sugars and starches. DNA testing, which is an excellent method to determine not only what your ancestors traditionally ate, but which genes are present or absent that contribute to everything from antioxidant need to blood sugar response to lactate and gluten sensitivities and much more. Now, when thinking about how to personalize the diet, you should also take into consideration special populations who need to customize their diet based on age, religious or ethical preferences, sporting demands and beyond, such as the fact that carbohydrate needs versus ketosis needs for aerobic versus anaerobic athletes are different. There are notoriously missing variables and nutrients that plague a vegan or a vegetarian diet. The metabolism of seniors and kids or adolescents are far different than the general populations. And even individual considerations for females versus males and how women can support their unique needs, especially to support normal fertility and menstruation. And no consideration of food would be complete without also considering conscious consumerism. For example, finding a minimal effective dose of animal products and aiming to get animal products from farms, implementing sustainable crop livestock integration systems, moderating tree nuts and eggs as they can pack more of a deleterious environmental punch, minimizing wasted food by using leftovers, planning meals, composting food scraps, giving food scraps to livestock or pets, or buying visually unappealing veggies and fruits. Minimizing the overeating of processed foods and instead prioritizing food purchases from farms that incorporate efficient and sustainable growing methods, buying organic and local. And finally, realize the fact that a diet will fluctuate and change as one's body and one's gut transforms. For example, many folks who have digestive issues, toxicity, or other health complaints need to initially fix their gut or detox with an extremely clean and restrictive diet that eliminates notorious problem foods like dairy or grains or legumes or nightshades or red meat and even the healthy organic natural versions of these foods. But once their gut is healed and their immune system is healed, these foods can gradually be reintroduced and enjoyed once again. Well, if you have questions about all this, you can head over to facebook.com slash getfitguy and join the conversation over there. In addition, I'll put plenty of links and resources over in the show notes at Quick and Dirty Tips in the show notes for this episode, episode number 341. And until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield, the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit. Go get fit.